Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a very, very special Keeping It Current, as this is a special edition based around the Craig's Mock Election, where I will be interviewing the Craig's Mock Election candidates. And first up is a good friend of the show, Matthew Dean, who's running for the Conservatives. Hello there, Matthew Dean. Hello. So, Matthew, talk us through your main policies. Main policies, well, to begin with, I'd like to say that um, the policies we've got for the country aren't the same as the uh, real Conservative Party. Uh, we've uh, changed a few. I'd like to say that our policies have a big libertarian twist on them, um, so especially on economics. We're going to be very economically liberal, deregulating the market. We're going to create lots of jobs. Um, the first thing, um, I'm a big believer in that uh, what I'm very anti-war. So war's, yeah. war is always hell. And we so don't... just wait on that, Matthew. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if it was your last resort, would you go to war? Oh, well, if, 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 this is what I'm about to get to. If it threatens our security, so giving millions of pounds of aid along with America to Israel yeah. to bomb uh, innocent people in Palestine, yeah. intervening in the Middle East, mm-hmm. and as we did in Afghanistan, um, that was unbelievable. Um, the government spends forty-six billion on military. We'll save five billion. Are, are, are those figures? Those, those, those uh, are the recent figures. Where, yes. where did you get them from? Where did you get them from? Uh, I got each year. There's a um, a budget published, so I got it from the most recent budget, forty-six billion. Uh, we, it was estimated um, that we spent about five billion on simply offensive equipment. So it'll save circa or around five billion pounds uh-huh. cutting all the offensive spending. Uh-huh. So the bottom line is we're going to pull out of all these useless foreign wars, okay? Useless? You saying useless? Uh, I'd say useless. Yes, I'm a, I'm a very, I'm, very. I would say I'm isolate, a non-interventionist, okay? Uh, we're going to bring the troops home. Our military is going to be a Swiss-style defensive military. So we'll have more. So, so, so what is Swiss-style military? Can a Swiss-style military. So in Switzerland, they have uh, actually have compulsory um, conscription in the military. We're not going to do that. But they have, um, they've always been neutral. We're going to do that. We're, we're leaving the European Union, of course. Yes. Um, so we're, go- we're going to um, treat everyone free and fairly. We're going to have great diplomacy. Um, but yes, we're going to be neutral. We're going to be defensive. We're going to have um, some um, foreign militaries in uh, our protectorates, like Anglia and the Falkland Islands. And we'll only go offensive um, when there is a direct threat to Britain. So, for example, the kidnapping of the citizens. Yeah. A high-quality force there will be used, like the SAS, the Marines. Um, and we'll um, also use the navy to prevent to protect our shipping routes as well, which is crucial. Yeah. So that's all we have. That's what we have for the defensive policy there. So somehow we'll bring the troops home. We're going to save lives. We're going to end so, all so, the spending. So what are you? What about your education policy? Education policy. Okay. So this is a big one. I've been told this is this is. Is this like your flagship? of the hashtag vote dean. Oh, the flag, oh, the fla- yeah, well, I could say yes. Um, a lot of our flagship policies are actually school policies, but we'll go with education first. So um, the British education system, um, for, for how, how much prowess Britain has in Europe and how much of a, how much of a, yeah. a, a pro- relevant country we are, uh, we don't have a great education system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say it's been at least 40 or 50 years. We don't years have a great it. education system, Asia? I wouldn't, I wouldn't particularly say so. For, uh-huh. for the amount of, it's very expensive. We spend the, that's the thing we spend third most on after welfare. People have been... Uh, and cl- NHS. People have been wanting more um, more spending in education. So, what are you going to okay. spend more on so education? So, the most simple-minded thing to do, the labour attitude, is to chuck a load of money at it and tax the hell out of the people, especially the rich. <laughs> okay, so what we're going to do is we have we have a groundbreaking idea. 
We're going to reform the system. We're not just going to throw money at it. Reform? Uh, so to begin with, um, it's compulsory to um, go through education from age 4 to 18. Yes. Best education system in Europe, Finland. You don't start until you're 7. Okay? And a lot of what you learn in your early years can, can be learnt not in school itself, counting and that type of thing. That may sound slightly naive, but I do believe that. Um, a few years back, um, you were allowed to leave education at 16. Uh, we're going to reinstate that. It's your life. You choose your path. Um, and then this is a very unconservative thing here. That's it. So this is where it gets libertarian. Very unconservative. This is where it gets libertarian here. We're going to abolish core compulsories. Ooh. Um, so there's a lot of jobs, um, uh, kind of um, technicians, that type of thing, um, joiners, uh, tradesmen, um, even um, less kind of more. Especially blue those blue leaving many blue the European jobs Union as well. Don't require. Um, don't, don't require um, core compulsories. 90% of students, I agree, would definitely still take them. Um, we, we, know, we know what's, what's, um, what's good but and important. you're saying a lot of these European uh, workers from the European Union come and take them jobs, don't yeah. they? So yeah, well, the European Union immigration policy is racist. Um, so there could be a more high-skilled immigrant from outside the European Union. Uh, but simply because of where they're from, they don't get the job. So we give priority to Europeans. Okay, so I'd just like to put that there. Uh, so yeah, that's what I've got. Uh, and, right. and then the main part, of course, is a system run by teachers, students, and parents. So it, a lot like the Bank of England, how it isn't run directly yeah. by the government. There's a panel. We're going to have a, a, an educational panel made up of um, experienced teachers and that type of thing, and ex, uh, experts in the education, educational so, world, in the educational sector, and they're going to decide where it's best, where, where the funds. So basically, to go. like a nationwide PTA. No, because that's a parent trust association, but um, we will take suggestions from that type of, from the parents and so. But it'll be people who have experience in education making decisions about education. It's only, it's only fair, it's sensible. So, but you're saying sense. people who have experience in education, do you think some of these may be people who've like, retired from teaching and yeah. have been out of it for a while? Potentially, yes, that, that type of thing. I'm not sure because they, they won't have adapted. So basically you're saying people who are maybe not as much with the current education system we're making these these probably not no i'd say other people who are who are who are with it okay so next one is what is your stance on brexit oh right okay um so um i'm absolutely against the second referendum but if it came around i know leave would win you know Um, that's very certain isn't it because because what what why do you know because well all the people who voted leave or 95 percent would vote leave again um, which, which gives us 50%, this is exactly 50-50 now. And I believe there'll certainly be some Remainers who believe in democracy and believe in, um, believe in the values. I mean, look, look, we voted to leave. Yeah. We confirmed it in a 2017 general yeah, election. Yeah. MPs co- um, confirmed uh, Article 50, the withdrawal agreement, by a landslide. Uh-huh. Um, countless polls have, have put, have put leave yeah, but ahead. Then, but then I've looked on YouGov polls in the recent weeks and they said yeah, people and have been saying... That is, they we've been we were wrong to choose to leave the EU. And well, that's that, that's that, I mean, so many Remainers. The Remainers will say we were wrong to choose to leave, and that's just a political opinion. If somebody says that our um, that the European Union referendum was about um, immigration, you're talking to a Remainer because it was most certainly out of all the leavers I've spoken to about national sovereignty, about free trade, about choosing our own tariffs, which I completely agree. You've got to think of those people in the middle. What was the main swing factor for them? I think that probably was immigration. Hmm. Well, it's always going to be a bonus to have a free and fair, a non-racist immigration policy that puts skill um, and merit ahead of, ahead of race. So next we're going to go on, what are your school policies for Quakes? Oh, right, here we go. So um, I feel like um, this, 
environmentally, um, a lot of them are environmentally um, concerned. I see the, the, the Lib Dems, Greens and Labour say that they're, they're talking the talk about the environment, but we're going to walk the walk as well. So we're going to plant at least 50 trees on the field. On the school field? Where, um, where are they going to um, I'm not sure. We, we, we decide that afterwards we'd, we'd go around asking, but where ask, asking teachers Are, are they going to invade on the school football field? I think no. at the top of the field there's a lot of spare space. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, 50 to 100 trees, we've got to do our part there. But okay. trees aren't necessarily the best way of reducing carbon dioxide. No, they're, they're, no, they're not, but it's always a start. I think, I think it's, it's about the most we can do, but this is why we've also got this. And this is also very inclusive to those who are vegetarian and vegan. We're going to add vegetarian and vegan things to the school menu. And there's growing numbers of people switching to this diet. It's yes. environmentally friendly. It's more ethical. I'm a vegetarian myself. Um, I have been for about two or three months now. Have um, you, are you really? I am, yes. I uh, had a delicious corn uh, lasagna last night. Yeah. Corn mint is brilliant. It tastes, it tastes just the same. Have you got any more school it's easy to get the texture. Um, yes, okay, so more charity games, uh, charity dodgeball, so basketball. So like, like the children need matches, you know? Yes, but um, it'll be for, chosen, for, for we'll, we'll choose what charities go to, so would environmental the charities. Would the charities be chosen by you or the students? Um, I'd take student suggestions, so we've got a student suggestions box about things uh, that can happen to school, and we're going to take suggestions about where, which, which charities we'll give to, so there can be um, charities that help um, educational standards and give educational yes. opportunities to people in uh, less advantaged countries. Um, they can be given to environmental charities or any type of charity that, that helps people. Charity is much better than, um, you know, yeah. char- charity is fantastic. Is what, so, is what, what, what are your personal strengths? Goodness me. It sounds, like, uh, it sounds like an interview for an actual prime minister. Hey, what are my personal strengths? Look, I'm interested for the school mock election. Um, I think leaving the European Union will greatly benefit, um, will greatly benefit the youth. Okay, so see, my personal benefits are uh, I like talking straight. Um, uh, I, I, I won't lie. I'll give it how it is. So I'm looking forward to the debates there. So I'll give it to you straight. Uh, very honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and I, I, re- I, I've lots, I really want to win this. I have lots of aspirations. And we're in, we're in with a big chance here. So I'm aspirational yeah. and I give it straight and I'm honest. That's why that's, that's um, I want to say my, my uh, positive side. Coming away from your positives, what would you say the biggest weaknesses are of your, like, just of you and your campaign? Uh, biggest weaknesses? Okay, so um, I'd say um, probably the perception. Okay, so you know, people perceive the Conservative Party to be a load of old, white, rich men. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, so the biggest, yeah, it's the perception of the Conservative Party. Um, my parents come from an extremely, extremely working class background. Although you could say I've been brought up in a broadly middle class way, um, yes. there's that working class aspect uh, every time I go home. <laughs> um, the Conservative Party is no longer the party of the rich so and the middle I, class. I, I the Conservative Party, so this regardless, is regardless, they, they, and they perceive, they perceive the Green Party to care for the environment. The Green Party, uh, the Green Party are extremely, extremely irrational on the environment as well. Um, the Labour Party and the Lib Dems, they're all just squabbling for this environmental vote. Vote environmentally, vote conservative. We will conserve, we'll conserve the environment. Um, okay, okay. And we, we were backed up by science, professors at Harvard, the 400 scientists that agreed we have 30 to 40 years to reverse it, not 12. The, uh, yeah. So look, so I, I was going to say, I've seen some of your posters and your propaganda around the school, and one of them says 52% of the yeah. 2017 vote. Yeah. That is not true. I think it was about 41%. Okay, so it was 41% when you combine the, uh, well, Conservatives got 41%. So basically, what you mean is that 
is it 52% of the seats combined no, the Conservatives no, 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 and no. the DUP although, although, the, although the Conservatives and the DUP got 52% of the seats, the Conservatives got 50, 40, sorry, 41% of the vote. Yeah. DUP got another percent or two. Look, the Labour Party got just under 40%. Mm-hmm. And that was with, without uh, you, well, UKIP did run, but they only picked up 4%. That's without UKIP and the Brexit Party. And a large, large proportion of Labour voters, especially so in it, Northern Cleveland. Is, is this fifty-one percent of all the Leave parties? Uh, I'd say of Leave. Yes. So uh, if you're, yeah, tra- so if you're trying to assume, but well, then that's look, not about your no look. Your can, campaign look, 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 party, look, look. Because Labour have taken a Remain position now. So these Labour Leave seats like Hartlepool and Sheffield and places, Labour got just under forty percent of the vote. If you're trying to tell me at least a quarter, at least a quarter of that Labour vote wasn't Leave. You're going to be insane. So, I mean, 40, yeah, I, 42% that, I, I do, of the DUP, at least 10%. I do so, agree more with than that. 50% in that general election voted in the direction of leave. Mm. Uh, I'd be confirmed we had the referendum. Continuous that. polls. Yes, that, that, that's my clarification. 52% of seats and 52% of the vote. Especially on that, when people are going to see, when the voters are going to be seeing that propaganda There's leave and leave in Labour as well, like Kate Hoey and Dennis Skinner. So, a final question for you now, Matthew. What sets you apart from the other candidates? Um, we believe in change, we believe in something different, we were, uh, we, um, saw the Lib Dems earlier, branding the same two-party system as Deadwood, it's not, this is a very different Conservative Party, um, with Boris Johnson at the helm, um, so yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna leave the what, European Union, what sets Union. you personally what apart? What sets me personally apart? Um, yeah. I ha- well, I have the aspiration, I have the yeah. aspiration to change. And I really want to do some good things to the school as well. Like, say, planting trees and want vegetarian and vegan options. So what, what sets me apart, we, the, and the Conservative Party apart, is we're, we're going we're gonna to have real change here. Yes. The other, the other candidates, mm-hmm. I think it's the empty words. Okay, thank you very much for coming in, Matthew Dean, and spending your time. Uh, good luck with the campaign. Thank you very much. I'm not going to need But please welcome the Brexit Party candidate for the Quakes Mock election, Gabriel Aston. It's a pr- pleasure for you to come down. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so talk us through your main policies. Okay, so there's the um, immediate removal of Britain from the European Union. There is the investment in long forgotten areas of Britain. Yeah. And there is the removal of interest charges on student loans. Uh-huh. So, uh, so can you go into a bit more detail about them? Or? Yeah, so... Uh, our first clear main one, I mean, you can tell it in the title of the party. Yeah, yeah, of course. Brexit. Yeah, yeah. We feel, as a party, that the people of Britain, they've spoken. They know what they want. And we can see, and we hope the voters can see, that if you vote for Labour or Conservative, you yeah. don't know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Right? They got us into this mess. They're internally divided. Yeah. What's the vote for the Brexit party is a vote for a clear decision and a clear immediate removal. So, so a vote for the Brexit party is a vote for a no-deal, effectively. Effectively. It's whatever will get us out the quickest. And uh-huh. so if that means a no-deal, that means a no-deal. We want to cut through the bureaucracy of not only the European Union, but the removal from the European Union. Yeah, so, uh, what, your, your other policies, what, give us a bit more detail on that. Okay. So, the investment in long-forgotten areas of Britain. Yeah. This is reflective of the policy of the real Brexit party. Yeah. And it's the idea that with the money that we will save from the European Union yeah. 
and with the prosperity that will fill Britain once we allow ourselves to be back on the free market and to economically develop independently, yeah. mm-hmm. that money can go back into investing in areas like here, rural yeah. areas, yeah. but also long forgotten areas that are non-physical, so places like the NHS, yeah. things like our school system and our transport mm-hmm. systems, mm-hmm. the things that make Britain great to begin with. Yeah, so basically going a bit like mod, like Donald Trumpian, basically, make Britain great again. Is that, that well, your motto, really? I would say, in saying that, that would mean that Britain is, is currently not great. And it is, but it's that we feel that Britain has so much potential. Yeah. And what we want to do is, we want to truly be able to explore that potential and use that so, potential. So it's like you want to be handed the keys to unlock Exactly, potential. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so it, going on a bit more about your Brexit stance, obviously no deal, but then when you think about 52% voted to leave the EU in uh, 2016, uh, but they weren't particularly asked about what type of Brexit they want, so do you think that will um, help you or hamper your um, attempts to gain voters? Well, we think that, admittedly, yes, the deal wasn't necessarily laid out clearly yeah. um, within that initial referendum. However, the intentions of the people clearly were. Yeah. It was clearly a one to leave. And we feel now at this point, you know, we've been stuck already for so long in this uh, kind of spiral of negotiations yeah. and renegotiations. Yeah, like... And I think that we can speak for the will of a lot of people that now they just want it over with. You know, and that's part of what we want to deliver. It's that decisive action because in times like these that are uncertain, yeah. what you need is that decision, and yeah. that's what we hope to deliver. Yeah. So great. So, what are your school policies for Quags? Okay. So um, one of them is the return to a merit-based selection system outside of the eleven plus. So basically, you're banning the Quags test. Well, in a way. So, um, back uh, when my dad went to Quags, yeah, uh, when yeah. he was my age, what you did was, the first two years, you went yeah, to Allswater, UCC, yeah. and then you were selected to come to Quags. Yeah. And we feel like a return to that system would really kind of help Quags. Yeah. Um, because, for one thing, you know, economically it makes sense. Yeah. You don't have to run classes for year sevens and eights if they're at Allswater. But on top of that, there is a lot of criticism with 11 plus. People yeah. find it stressful. It's unfair when you're that age. It's quite an unfair. It's quite an unfair test, I think, because it's like just based on you on the day. Isn't yeah, exactly. It? Yeah. And if we allow people to have the chance to, um, you know, flourish and practice within a real school system, we can actually see who is going to succeed, and those people can then have yeah. the best made of their education here at Quags. Yeah. So, have you got any more school policies? Uh, you said about the, uh, before we started recording about the bus service. Yes, so we were hoping to, with some of the funding we'd be gaining from the prosperity of Britain as a whole, and also from the money saved on the cutting of year 7 and 8, yeah. be able to start a bus centralised Quake system. You know, transport, your daily routine to school, yeah. is, it's a major factor in your performance that day, yeah. on your mental health in general, because it's such a yeah. big part of your life. Because for a lot of students, they're spending, you know, an hour, half an hour here, half an hour back on these yeah, buses that are yeah. slow, they're uncomfortable, and they're overcrowded. Whilst well, so if we get a bus-centric Quake system, one separate from the Oldswater one, mm. we feel like we can really start to improve things. So will this, um, will all the funding for this come from the funding that will have been there for the Year 7 and Year 8 classes? Yes, yeah. So uh, what would you think your campaign strengths are? I would say one of them 
is unity yeah. and decisiveness, as mentioned. You know. Yeah, obviously you've got, uh, as I can tell, you've got some clear policy direction, yeah. haven't you? Exactly. And we want to make sure that people know what they're getting with us. Yeah. When you vote Labour, when you vote Conservative, I mean, they're so polarised internally yeah. within their parties. You know, you could vote for Conservative thinking that Boris Johnson's policies and aims really speak to your own heart and then getting someone yeah. who is nearly Labour, you know, who's yeah. really a lot more uh-huh. centralist. Uh-huh. And so we feel like, for one thing, we step away from that. And for another, you know, one of the strengths of our campaign is that, you know, it's very much thought through. Yeah. We do care about many of the things the other parties care about. Green Party, you know, they care about the climate and the future of our planet. Yeah. But we feel like just trying to address those now is premature. We don't have the economic stability yeah. to start going green as a country, and we don't have the freedoms to start doing that e- yet either. So because we're addressing the current with our yeah. party, we can then work for the future. So are you basically saying that like, the environment is not an issue on your agenda? Well, it's not one of our state policies, mm-hmm. and it is certainly something that is close to the heart of our party. Yeah. It's simply that we feel that in the short term, yeah. we need to address our current issues to get Britain's economy being independent, being stable, so that then we can make the choices we want to go green as a nation. So what do you believe that your campaign weaknesses are? I would say one of our weaknesses is, you know, the Brexit ideal, the terminology. Yeah. I think a lot of people... It's very flexible. Yeah, and... I think a lot of people have negative mm. attributes they're associated yeah. with Brexit yeah. prematurely. Yeah, because then the public will go, oh, I'm sick of hearing about Brexit, exactly. it's in exactly. my ears every day. You know? And I mean, you can see that around the school. Our posters, they're being torn down, they're being yeah. flipped upside down. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they see the word Brexit and they see our ideas of national yeah. pride and of Britain and its strength and yeah. they just reflect badly on it prematurely without considering it. So what would you say that sets you apart from the other candidates? Well, I think it's, you know, our level-headedness, our yeah. clearness, and our honesty. Yeah. You know, the Brexit party um, as a whole so far um, hasn't actually released its own manifesto. Yeah. And the leader of that party said that he thinks the word manifesto is synonymous with lies. And that is something the Brexit party is clearly against. You're going to get what you vote for with us, and that's what sets us apart. But a manifesto is a very, um, it's a set tradition in British politics. Do you think that will um, lose you some voters, the fact that you don't have much things to vote for to vote for? Potentially, what we will lose in that, we will gain through the kind of refreshing attitude that we bring in the fact that although we are still willing to keep what is the key policies of integrity and honesty yeah. and representation at the heart of our party, we don't have to go through the traditions that just slow things down and make things you know, worse off as a whole for the voter. Okay, so thank you very much, Gabriel. It's been a pleasure to speak to you and best of luck with the campaign. Cheers, thank you.